The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 61 of the MX Vice Show podcast. In the studio with me is Rob from Jukebox Beats. And as ever, on the line is MX Vice editor, Lewis Phillips. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils and Talon Engineering. We there's a lot of debate online last week about uh, whether I should stay or whether I should go. How is it looking, Lewis? Have I still got a job? I have a plan, <laughs> and I can tell you that you have a job for the next month. Oh, beyond that, keep an eye on the post because oh. a P forty five may be on its way, or maybe maybe I don't know. I'll talk to you away from the podcast, but. You've got a job for the next month. Let's enjoy it while we can. Well, that's interesting you say that because I did have a lot of support. Um, but the funny, the, the worrying thing is you had a lot of support publicly, but you didn't see the DMs I got. Oh, 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 I hate people like that. Oh, wow, that is so cowardly. If you can't say it to my face, then, oh, send it in a DM. That's well, it's just... more people who don't like talk to us on social, like actual actual people, like MXGP paddock people, you know. Oh, oh so they really want to go professional with this, do they? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fine. We'll for the next month we will continue like this uh, with the inclusion of Tommy at some point, I believe, maybe yep. next week, and then beyond as we get closer to April and MXGP, which is in May, I will be implementing some of my ideas i think that sounds fantastic Liz. i'm just replying to a couple of people for my new podcast show and i also need to talk to you about that because um i wouldn't worry about that either well interestingly the great thing about this is i'm actually in the podcast studio and rob sat next to me from jukebox beats who's already said that he'd like to produce the new studio show so um, uh, it's, it's up to you. I mean, you can carry on with your little bit of equipment and, you know, see if you can make a go of it. Um, no, it's fine. It's no. fine. You just, I, I, you know what? You can turn this ship around. Oh, okay. If I start seeing results oh, okay. next month, then I will maybe, I'll maybe I'll go the other way. Okay. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring RAM technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Do we have a competition this week? 
No, next week. Because I thought you said that last time. Yeah, I know. I meant that was actually on my list for yesterday to confirm, and I forgot. Oh, really? Because it sounds yeah. like you're dropping the ball. Well, I got vaccinated at the weekend, so you know. Oh. Problems. Oh, what? Uh, so how did that go? Um, it was all right. I was very, what? I was stuck out like a sore thumb. Did you have Oxford or Pfizer? Pfizer. <laughs> what, Michelle Pfizer? Do you even know she? Do you even know who she is? No, never heard of her. You've never heard of Michelle Pfeiffer? No, no. Yeah, it was alright. I stuck out like a sore thumb, and three separate people who worked there asked me what I was doing there, and said I shouldn't be there because it wasn't my turn yet. So who is this? Uh, people waiting, or actually the no, people giving no, you the nurse? Oh, did you not say that I'm high risk? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm high risk, but I must be honest. I, somehow I've ended up on a spreadsheet somewhere. And here we are. Yeah, she got the ask quite a bit, actually. Oh. Yeah, Maybe she, she wanted me, a D. Well, she started the conversation by going, um, well, I don't know what you're doing here. You're clearly not between 60 and 69. And I went, you flatter me. And <laughs> she got pissed off at that for some reason. <laughs> And then I could see she was pissed off, and I went, uh -huh. no, really, don't assume I'm actually 62. And she didn't like that either, so I was like, well, I don't know what you want me to say to you. Yeah. How about fuck off? Yeah, it was all right. So that's good news then? You're... Oh, I'm MXGP ready. Well, you will be in three months. You still uh, potentially could get COVID in the next 21 days. I get my second jab at the beginning of May, apparently, which, once again, that lines up perfectly with my MXGP season. My MXGP season. Yep. Uh, well, interestingly, I get mine in April. So just in case there's any issues with yours, I'm ready. Okay. I can't imagine we'll want to go down that road, but okay. Well, who knows? Who knows? There might be a new podcast show coming. May I, I might need to be at GPs. I can't imagine your podcast will be a GP one. Maybe MotoGP. I'll probably... Get you to sign a non-compete. <laughs> they trust me, they don't work. So obviously, news this week is centered around uh, the Italian Championship because nothing was going on Supercross-wise. I'm guessing you watched the Italian Championship, Lewis. Yeah, I parted with five hard-earned pounds. Oh, that must have hurt. I mean, it did. Not gonna lie, I had to search my soul to do it. I'll tell you what, like, obviously they, they charged for it this year because uh, they can't have fans in. So it was basically a way to bring back income that they otherwise lost. Makes sense. And from, from what I could see, the stream peaked at 600 viewers. Okay. So at £5 a pop, that's like between four and five grand, which I'd imagine they would never make more than that out of actual in-person spectators. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you, the usual crowds are at the Italian Championship. I, I doubt it's more than five, like five thousand pounds worth. It's in Sardinia, isn't it? It's the arse end of nowhere. And to be fair, they had an Italian stream running as well, which must have had a decent amount of viewers. So they would have made more than five grand off it using my crack maths. Yeah. So more of the story. They could have given me a free code to cover it, but never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'll pay. I'll pay five pound again this weekend because it's five pound around. But isn't this the uh, the same promoters who you had a bit of uh, an issue with? So why would they even no, they give anything free? they wouldn't know who I am now. They wouldn't know who I am. Oh. That was in my I don't know. You have a, days. 
you have you have a way of people remembering you. You could say that. No, it's, it was to be fair. You, as you may remember, last week I was a bit down on the old Italian Championship. Are you still down on it? Well, when I saw Prado Fevra sat behind the gate, I'm not going to lie, Your the pants adrenaline moved. started pumping a little bit. I bet it did. I, I was literally sat there and I, I was like, bet oh, it did. oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the gate dropped. Prado got the whole shot. And I was like, oh, no. I better go to the toilet. I was like, oh, no. This, oh, this was, oh, yeah, I remember now. This is a worry. This was the concern. Prado could do this a lot this year and make it quite boring. And then I was watching Prado ride away with a win. Like, oh, no. Oh, oh shit. I forgot about this. Oh, no. Here we go. The Prado show. But that was all right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're happy. I missed MX2 because... What um, were you doing? Getting vaccinated. And then, shockingly, they made me sit in a room afterwards for 15 minutes. Did you? Yeah, have you got that? to. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I weren't best pleased. Yeah, you got. Just Nor was the woman next to me when I was trying to live stream the Italian on my phone. Oh, oh. One thing I was looking at the uh, obviously the results. Uh, is is Ivo Monticelli started his own team? No, uh, you. So oh, oh, I can't believe you've asked that question. So many people have asked that. <laughs> Monticelli on the team on the team like on the results where it lists your team instead of being down as Monster Energy KRT Monticelli is down as one two eight. eight. <laughs> I don't know one, why because he's never run his own team. No. Like, before, before this he was on Standing Construct. Before that he was on JK Yamaha, and before that he was on Marquette. It KTM. just made me chuckle. I so wanted to no ask point, you. At no point has there been a one two eight team. I'm <laughs> guessing it's just an Italian thing. Yeah, I, I, it's it's obviously just something I will. I don't know. Actually, I, I've got no thought process behind it. But I had to ask you because I thought it'd make me chuckle. And yeah, I've got a lot of DMs about that. Surprising me. But no, yeah, no, it was all right. To be fair, it, well, the racing weren't too special. It was a bit like nothing really happened. But there was enough interesting stuff going on with Cold North Olsen, Van Horvitz, and all that lot to make it worth watching. Obviously, there's a, f- a few new riders um, on 450s. Did you have any analysis or too soon? Do I have any analysis? Yeah. Or is it... Okay, James. All right. I've forgotten how this goes when there's a race. Yeah. I guess you just want me to talk, don't you, for the next hour? No, not at all. I was just... One, one thing I was interested in is... Obviously, the jump from Usland going from 250 to 450. Okay. This is your, also quite... your classic move, your classic move of just pointing out an obscure rider and wanting to talk about him. Let's, let's, do, let's just talk about the top riders. Let's do that, and then we'll get to your Usland. Okay, let's, let's do what you want to do. Okay. Right, come on. So, on. Uh, yeah, what I said about Prado is true. Um, DNF'd the super final when he was leading because he thought that there was a bike problem. The way that the KTM PR was worded made it sound like there wasn't actually a bike problem and he just presumed there was. So there's that. And also, how funny must it be if you're Fevre and you're chasing Prado in that race and then out of nowhere you just see him dip off the track? Like, you've seen nothing go wrong, you're in a race, and then out of nowhere Prado just hooks a right and pulls off the track. And just, I imagine that must be quite a funny sight. If you want, if you want my blends of oil performance of the week, Ooh. not to host the show. Ooh, early. I'd be stuck between three riders. 
I'm really okay. high on Koldnoff's ride because let's not forget the last time he was on a racetrack was a scary situation. Like, and, and let's not forget that you're trying to build bridges. No, not at all. I am an objective. I am. Anyone will say this. Anyone can vouch for this when listening to this podcast. I am completely objective with what I say. I can go from high to low to high to low. Completely Apart from objective. Ben Watson. The Watson wagon is winding up for this weekend. No, I'm quite high on Coldness' performance because let's not forget he was last time he was on a racetrack, which was Lommel, it was a scary situation. At that point, who knows if he's going to race again, let alone in four months' time. Like, if you'd asked me at Lommel, on the night of Lommel, would he be ready to race competitively in four months, I'd have been like, not a chance. I don't even understand how that's possible, even now, seeing it. So for him to actually do well was even more impressive, um, especially when you were uh, like, on top of that, adding first race on the Yamaha, like, had he, got, had he finished seventh, you could have, I would have sat here and gone, yeah, but uh, I would have just pointed out, that, or pointed out all those reasons and been like, yeah, you've got to give him time to build up. It wasn't, don't get me wrong, he wasn't like Pete Coldenoff or anything. He was, he was not on the pace of Prado and Pefra, and Olsen was probably faster, but it was still like, I feel like, all things considered, that was perfectly okay. That was all right. Olsen was also proper good, but I'm not, the shock factor's kind of gone for me because all I've heard is positive things. Like, before he actually signed with Vice One, he had a tryout on a 450, and apparently, in his very first ride on a 450, everyone was like, okay, signing that guy. So that kind of boosted my expectations to the point where kind of that is this isn't surprising and also he he beat uh, van horbeck on a beta ustland on a jk yamaha like you'd kind of expect him to be up there in this field anyway but the way he rode was was um proper impressive so that was good and my third candidate for the blends of oil performance of the week would be van horbeck who looked better than he did at all last year i think i don't Be- know better Better than um, he was. Okay, we're not. We're not. We're more. We're more sophisticated than those jokes. We've done those. Okay. We're gonna. Okay. No problem. I, I thought that's what you were alluding to because you said um, instead of saying better, you said better. So no. Um. Honestly, in the moments he was on the stream, that bike looked good. When I interviewed him in January, he said it was like riding a mountain bike. It handles really well, and it's just really nimble. It genuinely looks like it. Like it looks so light and maneuverable I don't want to get ahead of myself but my expectations of Van Horbeek on the beta are now much higher than they were seven days ago so those are my three candidates James who would you who, who, who would you select for the Blends of Oil performance of the week again not to host the show but someone's got to okay yeah sure um, yeah and obviously there were some notable performances uh, Lewis Phillips however um, the ones that, that stood out was obviously uh, Olsen because even though we were tipped earlier last year, sat underneath the, the Rockstar Husfarna team awning uh, with people wowing at how well he adapted to that 450. Uh, I do believe that, you know, a notable performance, yes, but we did see it coming. So very good to see him up into second place. Very, very close to Blenzel performance of the week. Um, However, you can't dismiss the 303 of Albi Ferrato. Oh, wait, no. Okay, 
You know, I said that you were on the podcast for the next month. What? I like Albi Frato. What is there possibly for you to point him out as a performance of the week? It beat Gertz. Gertz crashed. Exactly. It's he all got about beaten by Nicholas Lapucci on a two-stroke. Exactly. No, Ferrato did. I tell oh. you what, have you got a book there or something? <laughs> have you got anything to keep you busy? Because I'll just wrap this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you've got against Albi Ferrato. Nothing! But that was nothing special. It was actually ridiculously disappointing. That, now you're just being horrible. MX2 Moto1, he finished fifth. His best lap time was four seconds slower than Gertz, four seconds slower than Lapucci, and four seconds slower than Guadagnini. Albie, if you listen to this. Also slower than Andrea Adamo and Oliver Oriol. Please stay positive. We no, love your straw I hat. expect more. This is my classic thing again. I we expect more from Fraso than that. And also. Don't listen to Lewis. I don't He's really understand the new SM Action team name. He's a negative nanny. No, it's just I would expect more than that. Like, the lap times also tell, like, not just the result, the lap times tell the story. He wasn't really on pace with where he, where he needed to be. Okay, and my third, um, as you don't like my second, my third I just asked you to pick rider. one, to be honest. I didn't need you to also do a... Well, you've done fucking three. Yeah, but I asked you to pick from my three. So, so my third was when you actually missed off, was Tim Edberg, who I called out last week. Rising yeah, star. Right. Oh, fuck off. He, he was good. He is going to be good this year. All right. But he beat Guadagini. Yeah, Guadagini wrecked himself. Well, I'm just saying the result was like, stop me, Like, stop me if this is going to shock you. Guadagnini, in one moto, had the fastest lap of the moto and also crashed quite hard. Like I said, it's, it's, what's the point in being the fastest person on the track if, if you don't win? No, I'm just saying that is kind of, that is kind of how I see Guadagnini's season going. You are, hey-ho. You are very, very negative today. I've literally just said three really positive things about three riders, and now you're telling me I'm negative because you didn't watch the race and you've just flicked through the results for the first <laughs> time. James, but two seconds before we started this podcast, James went, I can't find the results anywhere. It's Wednesday. You can't find them anywhere because everyone's done with the results now. We've moved on. Well, the last time I looked at the results, it was Sunday, smartass. Lots have happened in three days. Okay, where, where do you want to go with this now then? Well, I guess Olsen is our... You said Olsen is your first one, didn't you? Yeah. Well, there you go. Olsen's the performance of the week because we both said three riders and only one of ours matched and that was Olsen. Yeah, I just think you're blowing smoke up Coltenhoff's ass and also Van Horbeek, you can ride. He can ride? Yeah. Well, okay, let's, let's go back to the very basics. I'm, I'm, he can ride a bike. Yeah. So can I. So can you. Yeah. Do you want to point that out for everyone? Yeah. Put him on anything. Anyway, the Blenzel performance of the week, James. That's good, isn't it? That's absolutely fantastic, Lewis. Um, the great thing about Blenzel Oil is that they're coming over to Europe. And did you know that for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders, from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 Two-Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, 
Nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of castor-based two-stroke oil. Lewis, did you know that? I do now, thanks to you finally reading the read. Okay, from the original Green Label Racing Caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile Gold Label, Blenzel has you covered. Do you have a favourite, Lewis? What, favourite Blenzel oil? Yeah, do you go for the Gold Label or do you like the, the Green Label? The original? I like the two-stroke stuff. Okay. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T or 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. And that is your Blenzel Oils Performance of the Week. I think I should get it. I, I think we're going to have to speed, speed up some of the changes. <sighs> Another interesting... So I thought Fevera rode really bloody well at Riola. Like, I really did. Hand on my heart. He started behind Prado in the first race and looked much faster. He dropped off with arm pump and things, but for the period where he was actually himself, he looked faster than Prado. And I was like, Jesus, this is impressive. And then he obviously won the super final. It wasn't as impressive, but he still won it. So I genuinely thought he did quite good. No, he no, got no. beat by Usland. What? No. I'm not going to repeat what I just said. I, I know, thought he said was he had arm pump. Yeah, he faded back with arm pump. Yeah, but he got beat by Usland. It's not yeah, that he impressive. Faded back with arm pump. But if you watched the race at the beginning of the race when he didn't have arm pump, he was faster than Prado. And I thought to myself, wow, that's impressive. This is encouraging. It kind of reminded me why I bought into the Fevra hype not too long ago. So yeah, I thought it was a really good ride. All in all, I was like, bloody good. No, no, no. Fevra was hammering out motos on Monday because he was so pissed off at how shit it was that he went straight to work. And here's me texting him saying, good job today. Well, Apparently I was off. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to tell you, but I kind of spoke to Ramon about, you know, Sunday and about like, just, you know, like little ways that he could obviously approach uh, the year difference. We still got three months to work on it, and he's open to ideas. I don't think there's anything to work on. His speed was good. Like it genuinely remind. Like there wasn't too long ago. I think after Trentino, when I was saying that I could be talking, I could see myself putting Fevre like firmly in the title discussion for 2021. The way he rode at the beginning of that MX1 moto kind of took me back to that place where I was like, oh, you know what? He's, he can be quite good if he stays healthy. Also, Fevre had COVID in the off-season. Really? And so did Monticelli, completely separately. But yeah, both Kawasaki riders had, um, had COVID. So there's that. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, you, you, so you're actually sort of tipping yourself towards he could be a, a top three challenger for the title? No, top three, not top three, because my favourite three would be Geyser, Herlins, Prado. But... I will be putting when we come when it comes time to Ooh. properly discuss it. Oh, so you're saying now that it's going to be Corolian Fever in the in the second tier? No, no. Well, it'll be Corolian Fever and Sewer, but those are the only, those. Are, I I will only entertain discussions of six riders winning the MXGP title this year. Those being those six, and I put Fever in that category now, okay. even though he hasn't really been in the mix for a title in, since 2015. Or early 2016. So, Rawlinak, Oldenhoff, completely. Oh my God. Are you just trying to like throw me under a bus? No, I'm just, 
he's not in your top lot. six. He's not in your top six. No, my six. Okay, cold enough to. You know what? Everyone's in there. Alvin Usman, come on down. <laughs> How do you feel about winning the MXGP title this year? How do you rank your chances? Jimmy Crochet, come on down. How do you feel about taking Beta to... Uh, you won the EMX Open at Trentino. Let's go for the MXGP title. This is a podcast, James. We have to... We have to talk objectively about things. We can't... You can't do that. I... Uh, do you know, I just thought Factory Yamaha, new team, you know, building I actually thought nice of another team. positive thing that... Um, just thought he might have a chance. That's I just thought of another... What would you say? Another positive from uh, Olsen and Coldnoss Rides. Uh, Olsen, because he had the fastest lap in the Super Final. Very positive. Which is, uh, except he didn't. I was... Wrong. I, I, read, I read my notes wrong. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He was actually uh, 1.7 seconds <laughs> slower than February. I just, I'm not looking yeah, at the results. I've got, I'm not looking at the results. I've got notes. And, well, on the cold enough front, he had his fastest lap on lap 13 of the first moto, which, again, considering new bike coming back from this injury, first race since the injury, blah, 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 to, send, to set your fastest lap at that point, I thought was quite encouraging. Like, all in all, I felt that like cold enough's ride was quite encouraging. Wow. There we go. I think he's probably going to... Fire up the cold enough car. We've got a Watson wagon. I might just hop into the cold enough car. Yeah. And... Uh, the cold enough caravan. Over. It's a cold enough caravan. Hop on board. So yeah. what... <laughs> but, well, anyway, as we were saying before, you rudely interrupted by trying to create drama. Okay. Not that I was trying to create drama, but I was just saying that I believe that you missed off a very good rider. I, I will... I will talk about Fevra being a contender for the title this year and I'll put some serious thought into it because I wouldn't completely rule it out. 20 quid? I'm not betting on it. Like I say, he would probably, he would be my, he, of my six favourites, he would be my sixth favourite, but I won't rule him out just because, you know, taking into consideration the points last year from uh, Latvia on and also his speed. At different points. What what are we going to bet on this year? Because we usually like to do. Well, we've bet on Ben already. One or two. What was the bet on Ben? Literally. Thanks for your service on the podcast, James. <laughs> no need to no need to finish this one. I've got this covered. You are you going to run with this one? Yeah. Should I just nip we off? we we bet on Ben finishing on the podium this year once. I said yes. You said no. Fifty quid. Okay. And also. Exciting news! Exciting news! A lot of people, a lot of industry people who have listened to this podcast, four other people have taken me up on that bet. Have they? So I stand to win a lot of money. Really? Mm. So I wasn't the only person. No, I stand to win quite a lot of money. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like it. Choo choo! Indeed. Maybe that's what. Maybe I'll run a bookies at the MXGP. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I guess we should talk about MX2 a little bit. Um, Tim Edbrook. Nicholas Lapucci. Okay. If you want to go there. Well, he finished ahead like, of Edberg. Probably deserves like more to credit. Start at the top. But well, no, he, he just kind of deserves more credit, doesn't he, for finishing ahead of Edberg? Uh, no, not really. I'm kind of blase. He's on a 5 wasn't he? I'm kind of blase 
to Lapucci doing well at these races now. I've seen it all before. Yeah. I kind of, oh, he did well in an Italian race. All oh, right. Like, and I just move on because I've seen it all before. It doesn't really translate to international racing. And I've seen it all before. However, if there's like, one thing. It's like me that, riding Farley Castle. If there's one thing I could do with help with, it's Lapucci is 22 years old. He has ridden MX2, MXGP, EMX Open, and now he's going into EMX 250. Like, Jesus Christ. Can we have a bit of stability? I'm struggling to keep up. I'm going to need a little, I'm going to need, like in those crime documentaries, I'm going to need a board on my wall with like loads of photos on it and strings leading from each one so I can just keep up with what class he's in now. Maybe he's I look, just forward, to, I look forward to him being in WMX shortly. I... <laughs> so, you've obviously got a beef about Lapucci. I just no, think he's trying, find... just, just he's trying to find his feet. He's trying to find where he can settle himself. I just find it. I just found it funny when I when I actually started to think about like how uh, he's twenty two and he's literally <laughs> it's just every class imaginable. EMX eighty five, come on down. <laughs> I am wondering though if that Fantic might even be an advantage in EMX two fifty this year. I mean, it's a two stroke, but maybe. Do you like, think can Lapucci win EMX two fifty? On a you think stroke. not, because you're not going to put him against Hawkmo, are you? No. no. But win rounds, I'd imagine. Um, if there's a an EMX Italian round, if there's an EMX 250 round at that Spanish track, Exilion Amalo Spesperiotus, um. <laughs> <laughs> If there's a round there, I can see him winning on that track. I imagine that would be a right for him. But yeah, I, I, I would, I place some, I place some expectations on the Pucci Three MX250 this year. Okay. I, I'm, I'm still on the fence on that one, but I don't not to win, but I place expectations there. Also worth mentioning, Hawkmo had a bike problem in the first race, first moto. Turns out he had a bike problem in the first moto at Riola last year, and then. Also, the year before that, a bike problem in his first moto, uh, his first preseason race, which was Hawkstone there as well. I'm guessing this isn't a coincidence. I told him to just whatever team he's on next year, just to tell him to pack an extra, pack another <laughs> spare bike because it's going to be needed. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Just a funny little uh, train. And also another bit of insight for you. Um, Olsen said off the record that uh, the off-season has been a bit strange for him because obviously every other year he's had people pushing him forward, like Jed or Coldenoff. Uh, not Coldenoff, sorry, Covington. Yeah. He's ridden with, like, obviously teammates, so he's spent the whole off-season with him. With Jazzaconis kind of easing back into things, he's done a majority of the off-season by himself, which is obviously different and also can be concerning when it comes to, like, where, a speed where do I stack and... up? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just another little interesting thing to consider. But that was obviously a good showing for him and put his mind at ease getting that first one under his under his belt. Oh yeah, it's all good. It's all good. If I'm if I'm if I'm Prado, Olsen, Koldenoff, Van Horbick, Fevre, Gertz, then I'm happy. Nothing, no worries. Fun those riders. Lapucci as well. Edberg. I'm all I'm like sweet as. Uh, this all looks good. No 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 real panic buttons, no real issues. Let's just keep hammering. Okay. 
Well, thanks for that. I, th- I think that them listening to that will will obviously you know put them in good stead for the next round. Which is Alguero this weekend and Choo Choo. The Watson wagon is in. What other notable riders do we have? Uh, Sewer's on the entry list, but he's not racing. Caroli's on the entry list, but he's not racing. Ben is the only new, exciting one in MX1. Uh, MX2, I think the Hutton Metal Riders are doing it. So it'll be interesting to see what Sado's like. Interesting to see what Bonacorsi's like. And is, it, is HRC in for the third round? No, they're not doing any of them. Really? No, too early. Like what's uh, and again? What's the point? I can I can completely understand if someone wants to race them, and I can completely understand why someone wouldn't want to race them. Yeah, nah, agree. So, I agree. Fly racing has redefined expectations and safety and performance with the Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high velocity crashes as well as rotational and low speed impacts, featuring rail technology, conehead EPS, and a 12k carbon shell. The Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 61 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Hope you enjoyed that little insight into uh, from Lewis, because I didn't really actually uh, offer anything on the Italian Championship. 
With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated in tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension as used by the likes of Jeremy Seaworth and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com for more information. So, Lewis, this is where you can officially take over as host. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about whether I need to do that full-time again. But I'll do it right now for a little bit. <laughs> I, I think we should, uh, if, if, if Tommy's going to be on the show next week, great. Um, that's fantastic. And I reckon that we should try uh, you as a host the week after. Why the week after? I just thought it'd be good. Okay. I just wonder why not next week. Anyway. I, I, but I'm not on the show next week, am I? Uh, uh, no, I guess you won't be if Tommy's no. on. No, no. So if Tommy's Tommy. on, you'll be taking a week out, but you will be drafted in for your game. Oh, I've still got to do that. Yeah, because when Tommy's in, I want to do it you versus Tommy on top, with questions on Tommy's career. Oh, okay. That could be fun. Yeah, because okay. I can't imagine that Tommy will remember everything, and I definitely know that you don't. Yeah, okay. That sounds anyway, speaking okay, of yeah, the game, cool. yep. it's now time for Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Birth, which is a five-question quiz testing James's knowledge on a sport. He needs four correct answers to pass. He's passed once in about a year. This game is presented by Even Strokes, which is an online shop with a range of offers on talent wheels, procs, performance parts, and more. Be sure to visit evenstrokes.com for deals on products, uh, especially seeing as everyone who makes a purchase of more than £15 gets entered to win £1,000 worth of prizes each month as well. Uh, that's evenstrokes.com. Five questions, five answers. How many would he get correct? Let's find out. Question one. Tano Leot did not ride for one of these teams. Which oh. one did he not ride for? A, Rockstar Suzuki, B, Dakali Yamaha, or C, GPKR Kawasaki? Mm, I'm going to go with GPKR Kawasaki. That's correct. I did not yes. think you would get that. You don't remember him on a Suzuki, surely? I do. What, Rockstar? Yep. I'd imagine you remember him on a Motovision Suzuki, but... No, I remember him on a Suzuki. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't think you'd get the cow because I, I put the Kawasaki one in as a bit of a red herring because he did ride for factory Kawasaki. Yes, I, I, I believe that was a little bit of reverse psychology because I think you were tricking me. Anyway, okay. question two. Yes. <laughs> question two. <laughs> What's funny about this question? When Gautier Paulin was a Molson Kawasaki rider... Yes. What gear did he write, use? Oh. I should know this. Oh, bollocks. Do you even know that Paul Ann was a Molson yeah, Kawasaki rider? that was where okay. he started. And he paid to be on that team as well. Wildly incorrect, both points, but okay. fair enough. Um, <laughs> both, both things you said there were so wrong. <laughs> I, th I, I thought that was what he'd done. I thought he paid to be no, on No, he started team. on Martin Honda. 
Oh, okay. And he, Martin Honda wanted to keep him, but the offer from Kawasaki was so good that they couldn't. Yeah, I remember his first first year um, <laughs> on the Molson Kawasaki. Oh, what gear did he use? Mm, I can't think. Would you like to pass? Or just name a gear brand? Yeah, I think I might just name a gear brand. Uh, Five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to go Fox. Uh, I was looking for Axo. Oh, that was on the tip of my tongue. I'm sure it wasn't. Question three. What year did David Philippartz become a world champion? Uh, 2009. Oh, so close. 2008. Oh, piss. <laughs> One of these Arnotonus oh. facts is true. A. He was teammates with Ken Roxon at Suzuki. B. He finished second in MX2 in 2014. Or C. He spent five years at Wilvo. Would you like me to hmm. repeat the options? No, no. I'm just trying to think. Uh... One of them is true. I'm just, I'm just trying to think because obviously he was on Steve Dixon's team. And I'm, I know that was 11. But I do know that I'm going to go with um, Roxon's teammate because I, I can't remember what he was on before he went to Steve's team. Sure you don't want to go for five years at Wilvo? Uh, I do would like to go for five years at Wilvo, but I can't remember how many years he's been there, whether it's four, and you're tricking me because you're a bastard. Second in MX2 in 2014? That not tickle your fancy? No, I'm going A. First one. Okay, that's correct. Well done. Yes. It was, is it four years at Wilvo? Yeah. Yeah, you bastard. And he was sixth in MX2 in 2014. Question five. You are cunning, aren't you, Phillips? Phillips Question the five. Cunning. If this was a medieval t- time, that's what you'd be called. Phillips the Cunning. Question five. Name the five teams that Searle raced for in the MXGP class. Uh, okay, I'm going to go... Red Bull KTM. That's one. Steve Dixon. That's two. Boss. That's three. Five, did you say? Yeah. So Dixon Kazaki, Boss, KTM, Factory Kazaki, because he. That's four. What was he on before that then? Oh, CLS Kawasaki. That's five. Cool, blimey. Get I in. Not, not going to lie. When I put these questions together, I did not think you would get any of them. The fact that you've got three out of five is a fail. I mean, it's a terrible fail. You've you suffered and you <laughs> lost, but it's I was still so exceeded my to, expectations. I was so close to Axo. And you're also so close to 2008. Yeah. Well, you can't, can't win them all. Well, in your case, you can't win any. Win any, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was actually quite enjoyable, that game. Uh, I feel I'll like take... multiple choice makes it more fun for you. Yeah, I'll take my hat off to you on that one. That was the, probably the best one you've done so far. I feel like multiple choice is better for you because you at least have the right answer in front of you. Right. Swiftly moving on from that ridiculous game. 
we are going to continue, well, continue forward. As we discussed last week, you just can't, you again said it was a stupid, ridiculous game. You just can't do it. Uh, you just have your little words, your buzzwords. Uh, shut up. So, going forward, it's now Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another set of boots to their range. The all-new 4.5. These boots offer many of the features that come with the super successful 5.5 flex lock boots, as well as advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid-range price point. Four or five point boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. So, Lewis, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Aaron Lewis, 225, please give us a full recap of the Italian race. That was the only game in town. I think we did that for you, Aaron. I don't know if we could have done much more. I mean, I did. I don't know. I think James may have spoke for four minutes in total, but... I do believe Aaron Lewis actually um, sent me a very positive uh, message in the week. Uh, yeah, he was a fat person. Yes. So, hi, Aaron. I really like you. I'm a fan. So, Lewis, are oh, you going to give I us a full I thought you were recap? reading out the message. I thought you were reading out the message. Oh, no. Do you want me to read out the message? No. I just thought that was what you were reading. Like, I thought that was what you were building up to. Don't, no, I don't care. What, what do you mean you don't care? I don't care if you read out the message. That's what I just thought you were doing. It seemed like a you thing to do. Uh, hmm. No, I think we did that for you, Aaron. I think we've given you a full rundown. Really? I don't know if there's much more to say. We, would, we definitely will have Bartani's questions are done because there's a few more points in here. Uh, this is Aaron Lewis. Keep your job as the host. Someone needs to be there to keep Lewis' opinions of Bali and Turkish cab drivers in check. Correct. Also would appreciate if you would throw in a few fake email names. We haven't done that for a long time. No, because I told you to stop because you have a criminal trait of finding something funny and then playing on it for seven years because you don't think it ever becomes unfunny. But there is a good chance that Emma Royds will send in a question at some point. I doubt it very much. And I doubt that Liat want that as well. Okay. So uh, that seems to grind Lewis's gears good, which uh, I think a lot of people do like. Also, don't forget to ask him about the dog on air. So how is Dougie? No, you can do one with that as well. Next question. It's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Oh, okay. You, uh, you, you know what you've done? But you can't this is your last fire show me. This is your last show as host. I don't know what's wrong. This with was you. really going to be a show. Uh, this was a, not like you didn't know it. This was really going to be a make or break show for you. It, and hang on. What is the date? This is, yeah, this is your time of the month, isn't it? No, it's this March. Is why you're a bit... it's March it, no, the date, the date is March the 3rd, otherwise known as the day of your last podcast. No, okay. it's definitely the 3rd, which is, uh, I call it Tampon 3rd. At Jen's Danker, biggest surprise in the first Italian race. Surprise? Yes, surprise. Surprise? I was I surprised by anything? Um, uh, you, were you surprised at the beta? Uh, well, yeah, I guess you'd well? say that, wouldn't you? I guess you would say that. I was, I'd say, number one, the beta, or the better? Well, how did you say it? I think we've had this beta conversation better before. than you thought it would be? I'd, I'd go for the beta, and then second of all, I'd go for Koldenhoff being so racy in his... Oh, racy. Holdenhoff Racy. In his uh, first race back with that injury and first race with Yamaha. Okay. 
What about Tim Edberg? Do you know what I'm talking about, Tim Edberg? Not no? a surprise when you consider it, I think. Okay, Lepucci? Uh, again, I'm blasé to whatever he does in Italian races now because I've seen it all before. What about Eugenio A. Barbagua? Was you surprised with his performance? I was surprised with the performance of the Italian commentator who sounded like he was going to fall asleep at any second. Because did you know that Barbagua actually ha- was a second faster than Kevin Horgmo in the Super Final? Did you know that, Lewis Phillips? You didn't hear the commentary on the stream? Tell me more about Barbagua. How old is he? But the, sh- the commentator, the English-speaking commentator on the stream was on the verge of going to sleep. Not only when the race becomes... Who was the English commentator? It was an Italian just speaking English, but he was ready to fall asleep. Why didn't they have wrestler in there? He was doing the um, like pit interviews and podium interviews and like the... I don't know what you'd even call that. Like the... Um, what would you call that role? Uh, host or announcement? Floor announcement? Guy, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, uh, at Ben Jones 89, noted it yesterday and wondered why does it have 128 as Monticelli's team and not Munster Kawasaki? Uh, covered that, just a mistake, uh, just an admin mistake from the promoters. Not sure how, I'd imagine it will be changed for this weekend. I'd imagine. Well, I'd like for it to stay. I think, you know, why not go a little bit crazy? Maybe start your own team, 128 Monster. Do you know what my surprise of the week is? Um, go on. SM Action have got a new team, uh, new title sponsor, Uasa Battery. Oh, yes. And they've just plonked it on the end of their team name. Their team name is SM Action Gas Gas Racing Team Uasa Battery. <laughs> Uasa. It like, sounds like it's y- your chuck- ass. It's just chucked on the end of the name. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's like it's just been copied and pasted onto the end. And I was right when I was in writing up the Hawkmore interview. I obviously had to write it a couple of times. So SM Action Uasa Battery Racing Team. No, it's SM Action Gas Gas Racing Team Uasa Battery. Well, according to this is yeah, that's there's another the clerical error on the entry list because it does say SM Action Uasa Battery Racing Team, and you're saying it's SM Action Gas Gas. Racing you team, asa. you ask a battery. Yeah, that's Racing how the team, team officially called oh, it. Okay. Maybe you need to have a, a word with them. Anyway. Okay. Also, if we want to pick apart the entry list, Lupino is down as being on an MRT Racing Team KTM, but the RT in MRT stands for Racing Team. So he, if that's correct, he's technically on a Racing Marketing Team Racing Team Racing Team, team. Racing team KTM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> Cool, there's uh, quite a lot in here. Oh. Yeah, carry on. David Di Patoli's oh. team is just down as Gurney. <laughs> That's his team. <laughs> just Gurney. Gurney. That'll do. Uh, well, did you know that uh, Barbagua is uh, Guatinara? That's not funny. It's not funny. I'm just saying that. I'm just trying to give the guy, you know, he's got 21st. You've not even mentioned him. Moving on. Okay, at Kevin C430, Thomas Olsen or Ben Watson? Did Riola change your mind? Oh, this is like you between... Like, oh, no, not, a... no, not at all. Watson wagon, choo-choo. Okay, right. So if 
Uh, let me just think about this. There's a burning building. Oh, Watson. <laughs> well, if it's Watson or Olsen, no, I've well, I've got, well uh, Watson wagon needs to Watson wagon needs to survive one way or another. Okay, all right, let's let's do this one. If there's a burning building and Dougie the dog is in there and Ben Watson, who are you gonna fucking help? I'm not answering that because that's why ridiculous. not. That because is not ridiculous. My, why are you bringing up my dog? It's not even my dog. Why are you bring up a random dog? Like no, I just want to know whether you're uh, you moving know, on. Moving on. Your mum's going to be Moving pretty on. upset if you leave the dog in a burning building. Moving on. Piney, I can't believe this. Moving on. Everything you do for Moving him. Moving on. Make his tea every night, his breakfast every morning, and he's just going to leave Dougie in a burning building. Moving on. What a bastard. And on. Okay, at Greeno56, what British rider are you expecting some great results this year? Oh, choo-choo. <laughs> Oh, I like this. It's, I, it's, I don't know what it's me laugh. Um, no, if you want to go aside from Watson, I think Conrad's going to do really well. Okay. okay. I would be surprised if Conrad isn't on the podium at least once. I'm thinking Conrad has three to four podiums, maybe a moto win. Okay, you've kind of dismissed Sean Simpson again. Well, no. He's asked for a rider, and I've just said a rider that came to mind. Like, he didn't say, are you expecting great results from every single British rider and list them all? He said, what's British rider? Singular. I oh. would have, everyone thinks I'd say Ben, so I've moved him to the side for a second and I've gone to Conrad. Okay. Are you okay? That's fine. I'm just, just asking. Just asking for a friend. Um, right. Okay. Are you okay? Because you seem a little bit, bit, bit aggressive. No, just like just you're picking hole. You're trying to start drama when I'm answering the poor bloke's question. I would never start drama, and if there's any drama, it's that the fact that you've left a dog in a burning building. At Greeno, oh no, we've done that one. Do you want to do that one again? No. You sure? You <laughs> Once again, two. I'd like to confirm that you will not be hosting this podcast again. <laughs> At Woot Jordan's, <laughs> when is Crony lined up for his first preseason race? There is a chance he'll do Mantova, which is the final Italian round. But if he doesn't do that, which I'd bet that he doesn't, I don't know what he'd do because he doesn't normally do La Capelle and he doesn't ever do the, the um, Dutch Masters. So if he doesn't do Mantova, he'd either have to do one of those for the first time or go into the GPs without a preseason race, which, to be fair, he has done in the past. But then if you do that this year, that means he wouldn't have raced since November, which is insane. And to be fair, if you're training with Prado every day, there's, that's, that's pretty good competition. Um, yeah, but it's race. It's the race. It's not so much competition, is it? It's just ironing, right. ironing you, out the You would have thought after how many, how many seasons he's been riding, he would not forget how to race. Okay, that's a stupid uh, take on things. Again, okay. just confirming everything for me. I'm literally... It's fine. My, my new podcast show will be fucking awesome. I've actually. My assistant to the left of me is writing up your P45 as we speak. Well, it's interesting. How do you spell Burfield? Uh, B U R F I E L D. Yes. Okay, good. We've got that one. Mr. T, fuck. Um, <laughs> also, in the podcast room uh, is none other than British starlet Rob Hollyoak. There we go. What? Now? Yes. Now. 
I'm not sure if you're joking or not. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. Um, I, I may. I may even bring him in. I may even well, bring him in to support my new show. No, it's called the Robin no. James Show. Moving on. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to go for a break. Oh, are we? Yes, we are. Um, as always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, SupercrossLive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, and of course, the most awesome wheel company in the world, Talon Engineering. And boy, have they got some news coming. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 61 of the MX Vice podcast show. Brought to you by Talon Engineering, the industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far enough, Factory Racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC KTM, and other awesome people. Okay? If you're awesome, you ride Talon. The best wheels on the market. These are the same wheels that you can get your hands on. More information at talon-eng.com. So, Lewis? Hi. You, you sound traumatized by today's podcast. You've worn me down, to be honest. You've really come out firing with your worst performance in recent memory. Well, you know, I've been saving up a week, and um, like it, you've been te- like when you've when you've been terrible in the past, you've been funny terrible. This time, you've just been like sad terrible. I know. I do feel sad today. I don't know what's wrong. Well, no, with not, me. no, I need, no, I need a little like, pick me up. Maybe like I'll just that. have a little whiskey. I mean, we, I mean, we feel sad for you. Okay, I'm going to go and to cry on my big pillow after this show. But luckily, this is the last show for me now. No, you'll be co-host. Bless you. Well, you know, the thing is, is sometimes, you know, 
you, put, you, you don't want to put all, well, I guess you have to put all your eggs into one basket because obviously this is obviously takes its toll on me uh, emotionally talking to you. So um, like, obviously I need to put a lot of effort into my new show. So yeah. So there we okay. go. You, sh you shouldn't wish these things away, Lewis. You're going to regret us spending this time, quality time together every week. It is the only time you'd contact me. You're such a liar. Uh, okay. Let's move on with this Leah Ask Vice Anything questions. At Ryan G437, has JVH's performance at Riola changed your expectations for Beta this season at all? What are you doing to the dog? What? I just heard the dog yelp. What did you do yeah, to the know. dog? I don't even know where it is. Well, should you find out if you stood on him or something? I, don't I mean, care. he is a sausage dog. Well, Van Horbeck said when I spoke to him in January that, like, does he need help? It would maybe be realistic to look at being in the top 10 in the second half of the season, which I kind of agreed with. I kind of feel like now I'm ready to bring that forward a little way. Top 12? Straight off the bat? Maybe? Why not? But then, again, we're just going to get into that same old thing that we do every week, where when you start to list off the, the other 11 riders who are going to want to fit into that top 12, it's ridiculous. And then you're like, oh, well, Van Orbeek's obviously going to have a tough time getting in there. Did the dog just fart? The dog isn't uh, even I, in here. I don't know what you're hearing. Well, what are you doing? Because I swear, I, are you strangling the dog? No. Are you hey, sure like, there's not a dog the in there? No. On with the podcast. Are you spinning around on your chair or something? Because it's making dog sounds. Okay. On with the podcast. I feel like you're doing something to the dog and you don't want to share. No, what would, I'm sat in my office with the door closed. On with the podcast. I've, got, I've actually got quite a lot of stuff to do today, so I, if, let's if move any, it on a little if, bit. Obviously, um, you guys can... I'm going to rewind this section of the podcast back, but I don't think I'm the only one that heard a dog. Um, there is definitely a dog in that ring. What are you doing to Dougie? I'd imagine quite a lot of people have changed to turn this off by now. Moving on. Right. Um, Bradley Wheeler, will we ever see an SXON, but more of a Ryder Cup style event with 10 MX2 riders versus 10 AMA 250s and 10 MXGP versus 10 AMA 450s? I feel if you did it on a track like Daytona with a more outdoor feel, it would be a good race. I fucking love this question. What a great concept. In a perfect world, it is a great concept, but it just I don't think it would ever work, would it? No, but imagine if it did. Just, just for once, Lewis, open your mind to new things. If, if, you'll go, if you go 10 on each, then you're getting into privateer territory and people who are like, obviously, either way, someone's going to have to travel across the ocean. Um, so that kind of makes it a logistical issue. And also, you have a hard enough time getting, getting, people, to, um, getting people to commit to riding for your country, let alone riding for your continent is that what it is uh series i guess no uh i thought Ryder cup was continent mm. what even is the Ryder cup i don't know it's uh something called golf lewis um, yeah i know it's golf but i don't really know it's what like it is. usa versus the rest of the world oh really yeah is or america is that good at golf or is it usa versus europe i don't know I don't well that would be continents golf. golf is actually the shittest game in the world Anyway. So moving on. Bradley Wheeler, great question. Yeah, I don't, I'm, 
I don't know if I'm trying to think if Daytona would work with a more outdoor feel because technically you could say Daytona with a more outdoor feel is Assen. Really? True. Not much of a stretch to go from that to that. I don't think if you actually had the Daytona track that was more outdoorsy, so less rhythm sections and stuff, I don't think that would work because in essence, it's still supercross. Like, it's still tight. It's still like it, it just would have a supercross feel, which I think would automatically favor one or the other. I think just being in that surrounding. Well, maybe we could create our own competition. So one year, uh, you have it at Daytona, the next year, you have it at uh, Acid. Okay, brilliant. I think we just create a series. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't Watch think it's ever gonna work. In front. It's just a it's just one of those things, isn't it? Everyone's always gonna talk about it. I think this comes up every year when the Microsoft Nations comes around. But to be fair, I'll tell you what I was thinking yesterday. If there's no nations again this year, I actually really miss talking about the nations. And when the nations eventually comes back, it's gonna be quite big, isn't it? Yeah, I think but I'd imagine that everyone will be properly re reinvested in it again. Or I guess it could go the other way, and after two years of it not being there, it will kind of come back and everyone will be like, well, we live without it for two years. So, Nah, I think there's always a place for Nations. The only thing I don't like about the Nations is like the season continuing after. That's the thing I'm not cool with. Yeah, but that's not a thing, is it? That's just a COVID thing. Yeah, I know. I'm still not comfortable with it. I'm just saying. Oh. I know we've got to have it, but I'm just saying I'm not comfortable with it. Bloody hell. Uh, at Chris United 93, with Roxon coming out of the blocks on fire after missing the outdoor season, will we see a trend of SX-only contracts in the future, or are they a thing of the past? McGrath did it due to his BMX background whilst the sport was at its popularity and fame peak in the 90s. What are your thoughts, Lewis? Um, I think Supercross-only contracts, are, unless if, as long as the format stays as it is with 17 Supercross rounds, uh, I think Supercross-only contracts are a thing of the past. If Supercross expands to 20 rounds, 23 rounds, then it would probably start to make a bit of a comeback. But as far as the elite of the elite riders, it's kind of gone away now. But it wasn't just McGrath. Stewart did it. Reed did it. Wyndham did it. Like The late 2000s, were the Supercross-only thing was booming. But for whatever reason... It just went away. I guess it went away because eventually Reed and Stewart returned to the outdoors. So everyone kind of thought, well, if they came, if they tried it and came back, then that kind of just put a Supercross only thing out of business, essentially. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just uh, SX only. It's when when you a lot, of, you know, they all grew up doing Loretta Lynn's. So um, you know, they're all from across, you know, outdoors. You know, background. So to, to not to not continue that, I think is a is a great shame, especially when you see their their talents outside as well. At Hank Yan Lois, can Max Anstey get a top ten at Daytona? Ooh, good question. So Choo -choo inside again. man, inside man, tell us. I don't know. I was looking at the track. Um, What's going on in Camp Anstey at the moment? I was looking at the track. Okay, just uh, a normal question. And kind of. Like looking at it with an eye to how it would suit Max, um, but I think it's impossible to say until practice happens because he's still not really ever ridden any East Coast Supercrosses, so like soft dirt Supercrosses, and Daytona obviously is quite on that category. And he's also not really rid not ever had that experience of riding with Supercross suspension at Daytona when it gets rough and choppy and stuff. So 
as long as those things aren't issues and like they kind of, the adaption to that's quite okay, I'd imagine that he'd be close. If he'd started the season and we were all flowing, then yeah, not a doubt in my mind. But um, the last two weeks have been good. He has hammered down and got like twenty minute motos under his belt and stuff. So that's good. And um, I, I would, I am, healthy? I am. Is he hundred yeah, percent healthy? Yeah, well, everything's good. Everything's everything's flowing again as it should now. Like just a normal schedule, nor like normal. It's just normalness. I don't know. I'd say top twelve. I'd bank. I'd bank on. We're, and top twelve is an amateur stretch from top ten. But no, I think. I think. Even screw Daytona, I think going forward, things are going to start going in a good direction for Anthony, and I still think there's time for him to surprise some people in Supercross. Cool, cool. I love that. I love this pot. See, look at that positive energy that's irradiating from you now. I can feel it here. Do you want me to talk about the Watson wagon again? Well, if, if it makes you happy, I like a happy Lewis. It's nice. I don't get to see this happy Lewis very often. Just get the, the it's negative. It's because you just bring problems. Negative Nancy. You just bring problems to my door. What what problems have I brought to your door lately? Well, I was quite negative this morning when you messaged me at 10.51am with Are You Online? And I've been sat waiting for you to do the podcast for two hours. Well, that message was basically Are You Online as in the podcast, not Are You Online started work. <laughs> I've created this <laughs> cultural environment where we don't clock in and clock out. We We, we can... <laughs> I don't monitor wherever people. Some go of to us the don't gym. clock out at all, and some of us clock in and clock out far too much. <laughs> right at Braden underscore boot is Europe similar to America with the Moto training facilities, Club MX, Bakers, etc., etc., etc. No, there's just not the money for it, is there? I think that's what it comes down to, and also, it's, it's just not. It's just not a thing. I think Bud Racing have something, don't they? Like a training camp, but it's nothing even remotely on the level of that and it isn't really cared about by anyone outside of France. No, it's like that doesn't exist at all, does it? And I think it does just come down to there's not the money in it over it. People don't have trainers like Alden Baker. They have like you don't have a trainer like Alden Baker who's got seven different riders on different teams and whatnot and like they all club together. Like you have one team will have one trainer. Or one rider will have one trainer, but it doesn't really ever expand beyond that. Like we're just, it's, there's just nothing. There's not even a remotely ten something that's ten percent similar to that, is there? I guess not. No. It's crying shame, hey Lewis. A crying shame. I guess. It, I guess it is just money in it. There's just not the money in it over here. I, well, I think probably the the place you would have it would be Belgium, but. Belgium, but then you're gonna have it kind of becomes redundant when there's not a sand race for four months in the middle of the season and you've got to go and train on hardback, yeah. So, I guess that's a problem as well. Obviously, what we've heard with uh Honda Park, Belgium's got its own problems anyway with having something situated there. I mean, probably the best place to have something like that would be either France or Spain, but again, then in the summer, Spain probably way too hot to ride. Well, that is that hot. What? Too hot to ride. Spain. Have you been to yeah. Spain in the summer? I don't think there, I don't think there's such a thing as too hot to ride. This isn't Thailand. Oh my god. Okay. Yep. Let's swiftly move what? on. I, I don't know how you're acting like I'm being unreasonable. What? You think people in Spain just don't ride in the summer months? You know that spit like literally, why would you want to go and ride in hundred degree heat every single day? Hundred degrees? 
Spain. Well, this isn't Thailand. What? You don't believe that, that Spain reaches 100 degrees in parts? In a summer. Oh, and now it's in parts, is it? A minute ago, the whole of Spain weren't riding. Well, have you seen the size of Spain, you prick? Well, a minute ago, you... I, I don't know why you call it me a prick. You didn't clarify your original statement. Oh, so what am I supposed to now say? The northeast sector of Spain? Or no, northwest it's... sector? Or I, central still, Spain? People ride in Spain all year long. Bell well, Peak, the Spanish GP was in May for a few years. And I'm just saying that not everybody is comfortable riding 100 degree uh, every day throughout the summer. Well, I'd imagine the professionals would be, and so are the American riders, to be fair. Right, okay. Well, it's not going to fucking happen, so we'll just, we'll just <laughs> fucking quit that argument anyway. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, at Blake Maitland, what countries that haven't held a GP yet do you think would be cool in the future? And I know the first one that's going to come out of your lips. I bet it's wrong. Australia. It's had a GP. Not for a long time, though. Yeah, but the question is, what countries haven't held a GP yet? But that's tough, because everywhere has pretty much held a GP. Because, like, Venezuela held a GP. Ethiopia like, hasn't. Like, literally, if you go never hold a GP, I guess if you want to go never held a GP, you'd go Dubai or New Zealand. I don't think there was ever one in New Zealand. What about, um, let's have a think. Canada? Has that had a GP? No. Canada, New Rob, Zealand, Rob's Dubai. Rob's nodding his probably... head. I think you're wrong. What? Canada's had a GP? Oh, there you go. Read it in Rob Andrews' book. Oh, I will fucking love this if you're wrong. Oh, I'm not claiming to be right. Uh, yes, you do. You can claim to be right all the time. Yeah, as far as rounds that haven't happened in the current generation. Oh, now it's the current generation. No, if you want to let me finish, this is your classic move. So hang on, as what, far what as... generation are we talking? Because I just said Australia and you said okay. incorrect. Do you want to let me finish? As far as, as, far as countries sh- that haven't... If, as far as countries that haven't held a GP in the current generation, Australia would obviously be number one on the list. Oh, I live- oh so I'm right. No, oh my God. I was just changing the... You know what? Next question. No! No, we're talking about this. I'm saying no, Australia. I, I answered the question and then went, if you want to change a question to countries that haven't held a GP in a while, then South Africa, Australia, and all that lot, probably. Okay, so Trump, answer your original question. What countries that haven't held a GP yet New do you Zealand, think would Dubai. be cool in the future? New Zealand and Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Is there any others? I'd take Oman, to be fair, because that, that got me quite, um, I was quite keen to go there. Oh, yeah, My yeah. hotel was nice, as I mentioned before. What about... Uh, we've had Qatar. What about? Uh, I think I think we're done with the game of. Name what about Colombia? I think we're done with that game. At Kelton Guiver, why don't you do the live stream anymore? I like watching things, but still listen to every podcast. Keep it up. Why don't we do the live stream anymore, Lewis? Because I need. I well, to, okay. So for to do the live stream, I would need to be in the office. And we know you fucking hate that. As we've talked about before, Dave, if it was anyone other than me, you would the idea of them driving three and a half hours every single week between GPs wouldn't have even been talked about. But because it was me, it was considered normal oh. and nothing to even batten an eyelid at. You have no problem with going to Argentina, which is 27 hours in fucking flight. And again, missing the point. But going forward, there is some things we can do video-wise, remotely, 
which we'll probably end up doing. So, so this could become a YouTube thing again. Oh, wow. Shortly. Okay. I hope that you and Tommy will be happy. Well, you'll be involved in that one, actually. Oh, oh, I'm here for the long term now, am I? Because at the start of the show, I was out. I haven't told, spoken to you about your future yet. You just wait until you get the call. But yeah, no. Also, I'd like to apologise uh, to... Um, I wrongly, wrongly said Tosh for Dawson 25 wasn't a real person. He actually was last week. So, yes. Sorry about that. Tosh for Dawson, you are a real person and it's not Lewis. So there we go. That's my apology of the week. Um, no, but um, yeah, we could bring some video back. But yeah, like we said before, like in a perfect world, I'd be able to go to the office every week and it'd be great. But it was too much. It, the risk. No, not the risk. The, the, the risk and reward, Lewis. The service station. There was more open? to be gained by doing. There was more to be gained by doing the podcast remotely than there was otherwise. And also, we'd probably be doing the live stream still now. The only reason we stopped was because of lockdown. Oh, okay. So this could be our planet bombshell of the week because Hank Janowicz bombshell of the week has got two questions in. Has that ever happened before? Probably. I don't think it has. That is our Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. On that note, when lockdown is lifted, is there anyone out there who fancies coming to Spain for a week riding? Because I am up for it. I'm thinking, let's book Planet Moto. Let's get a few of us over there and let's go have some fun. So if anybody's up for a little riding tour, uh, I guess we could hire a big bloody van to put all our bikes in. Planet Moto actually take care of that for you. And we'll have a fantastic week in Spain. Right, Henk Jan Lewis. Second question. Planet Moto bomb bombshell of the week question. Could you call some MXGP riders in for the show? And then the rider answers some questions from fans. Can we, Lewis? Yeah, that's another thing we've looked at. Ah, um, oh, here we go. Excuses after excuses. Well, it's actually you who stopped us from taking calls from the very start. Um, uh, no, we've got all the technology. I've been wanting to do it. And you've now put your foot down and said we're not doing it. Um, it could I go get that a way lot in the future. Of, I get a lot of the blame on this show. And it's actually not even me. No, it could go that way in the future. It's just another one of those things where, look, it, we can't call riders on this podcast right now with James not having watched the race. That's also a problem. I don't think it is. That's that you do it. What's the point in both of us watching well. a race? Exactly. So that it could go that way in the future, yes, and it probably will have to. So, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. We're, there will be, as mentioned before, a lot of things are changing at MX Vice, and I'm sure things will change for this podcast too. So in the coming months, stay tuned for improvements and advancements. Yeah. And unfortunately, to, uh, to my eight fans out there, um, unfortunately, the improvements are Lewis will be staying. So I have, thank you for your support, and thank you for the eight requests to get rid of Lewis instead of me. But unfortunately... He seems to have had nine people that voted for me to go. 
No one's voted for you to go. Via DMs. Sneaky bastards. No one's, no one's voted for you to go. People I hope vote. you all people. can sleep at night, you Some nine people. Some people have just voted for us to switch seats. Fuckers. I bet you still talk to me in the pits as well. Give me a coffee. Well, I hope so. We'll, and then behind my back, we travel together. shit on the podcast show, you bastard. Fuck you. Right. Uh, I do apologise for this lacklustre podcast show this week. Unfortunately, Lewis has not been with it. And um, if he's watched the Italian uh, races and only brought what he did to the show, um, it does show that I definitely do need to watch the races to carry the show forward. We obviously just can't rely on Lewis. Uh, brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstroke, Supercosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blender Oils, and Talon Engineering. Are you, are you okay, Lewis? I'm, I'm great. So what does the rest of your day look like? I'm, I've got quite a lot to do, and I don't really need to talk everyone through it because it's kind of secret stuff. So. Ooh, secret stuff. Love it. This is what happens when you're on your A-game at the top of the food chain. So um, there we go. Lewis, you are an inspiration to us all. Brilliant. Cheers. Um, I appreciate your time that you spent with us, given that you've not got a lot of it, and that you are top of uh, the food chain and you are working on secret stuff. If, um, so if Tommy's in next week, yes, you're not going to be on it. Uh, I will come in for the game if you need me in for the game. I could so that walk... means the next. So if Tommy is in next week, that will be my hosting debut. That will be your hosting debut, yeah. And I will right. do my utmost to fuck it right up. All right. All right. So I'm going to spend the next seven days working out ways that I can completely fuck the show up without me being involved. But didn't you say that I was hosting one with you as a test? Yes, the week after, and I'll help <laughs> fuck that up as well. And then we'll just go back to how it was because we don't like change. I didn't realize you liked hosting that much. No, I don't. I just don't like it when someone tells me that I've got to stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I thought I'd best, let's best uh, leave the, the best to last. Right, always a pleasure, never a chore to speak to you, uh, Lewis. Is this your new ending? <laughs> yes, I love you. And I cannot wait for us to be in the same room together soon. Right, then Lewis, please sign off. Oh, wait, you, what, that mean you want me to say something or quit the podcast? I must quit e the actual stream. Yeah, e either, yeah. So, um, yes, if you could announce your departure uh, from, the, from this podcast show, episode 61, that would be great. Because I like to spice things up by being different I'd like to apologise for James this week. I'm not sure what happened in the last 20 minutes, but he seemed to get a bit keen. Onwards and upwards, the only way is up. On to number 62. Yes, 62 with uh, Tommy Searle. Maybe. It's not confirmed yet. Maybe. Oh, here we go. Fucking hell. One job. It's not confirmed yet. You're not involved. It's not confirmed yet. Okay. Well, I'm going. All right. See ya. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. 
Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 Two-Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green-label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.